to this special Friday takeaway with Chantelle Morton and Abigail Summerfield. We are joined tonight by two fantastic people from the industry. Um, we're going to introduce in a second. Um, before we do, I'd like to introduce the topic of tonight's podcast, which is creative leadership. Thank you, Nick Beaton and Tim Greenhouse, for joining us. Um, Abby, would you like to introduce Tim? Yes, of course. Well, hello. <laughs> nice to see you guys. Uh, a quick intro into Tim. Uh, Tim is the Chief Creative Officer at Lander & Fitch, where he steers global creative output and culture. Uh, Lander & Fitch's work is characterised by Tim's belief that design is more than just an elegant coming together of beauty and utility. Um, it should, uh, it can and must enhance people's lives. Tim has been uh, at Fitch for 33 years and awarded lots and lots of times. Um, and He's got Lego, McLaren, Harrods, a huge portfolio of work. He's also judged and been on a uh, number of awards and industry bodies is the DNAD um, and Tim was awarded as a retail design luminary uh, in design retail in 2015 so welcome Tim. Thank you. Good Thank you me. Tim for joining us and then on to Nick well um, ASOS we'll get that one out of the way an incredible um, experience of, of turning a business around from 178 million with just 150 people to a business that was then worth 3.9 billion with 15,000 people just in 12 years, an incredible amount of, of growth in such a short period of time. Um, and then took some time out to work out whether you would employ yourself again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, the news just this week, fantastic. In fact, just yesterday, hot off the press, that you're now um, CEO of Matches. Um, fashion. Congratulations. And of course, then the chair of Secret Sales. So welcome both of you. Phenomenal experience. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Good to see you. So creative leadership. Mm -hmm. Let's start with this. This is an important one. Um, we know that this is an important skill to drive business, to drive growth, to get behind your team, to make them look good, to make you look good, and to make your team feel happy and valued. Um, what does creative leadership mean to both of you? Um, you start. Okay, cool. So obviously, it's a big subject. Huge. Um, not least because every client that we tend to work with these days are all looking to build creative leadership into their own businesses. I think people are realizing that creativity as a thing actually helps commercial behavior and commercial activity. Sure. Now, you then say, okay, what is creative leadership in a business that who is delivering and serving at creative work to their clients? Well, you know, I always say that actually creative leadership is less, from my point of view, about trying to do it for people and more creating a culture in which it can be done. I think it really is, for me, as simple as that, is that, of course, I have a view about a colour. I have a view about the shape of a table or the type of font we might use or a typeface or whatever. But really, the people I work with, the reason they're there in the first place is because they're super talented. Yeah. My job as a leader is to say, just be more ambitious. Go mm -hmm. for it. And I think it's more the culture as opposed to just going, well, that wouldn't work. Well, that's not good enough. Or try again. Or come back to me when it's better. I mean, I think it's culture for me. Mm. Um, it's an interesting uh, topic. I would say creative leadership is a subset of leadership in the whole. 
um, and I think it's something critical to uh, drive your organisation. Uh, if you stand back from most organisations, particularly the last one I ran, uh, creativity had to run through everything we did. Yeah. Um, creativity powered customer experience. Um, uh, creativity is required to inspire, engage and make people go, I just have to be on ASOS today, just in case I've missed something. And every time we come back, make sure there's something beautiful, inspirational, aspirational, ready for them. So the way I did it, I'm not a creative um, um, from heart like um, like Tim is. The way I did it, I went, this isn't a critical element of how we're going to set our organisation up for growth. So I made it part of our value set. So um, the at our best, ASOS will be defined as a purpose-led organisation, uh, purpose-driven organisation, mission-led, guided by four values. Those values are authentic, brave, creative, and disciplined, mm-hmm. and all four of them came together. So they, and those values and that inspiration layer of why you came to work to give people the confidence to be whoever they want to be. That was internal and external. The mission was to be the world's best um, fashion destination for 20-some, uh, fashion loving 20-somethings. The values were be authentic. Mm. Um, and we only chose people for their talent, their passion, enthusiasm. Mm. And it was like, just bring that to work. But bring your best self because the customer deserves it. The team deserves it. Brave, be brave. Never be afraid to turn uh, turn right when others are turning left. You just might find something interesting. If you don't, doesn't matter. We'll go again. And creative, be creative through everything you do, right? So whether you're in finance, whether you're in tech, whether you're in um, in HR, um, find ways to solve problems to be more interesting. But be disciplined about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Discipline wasn't death by PowerPoint or death by spreadsheet. You only become great at anything by honing your craft. Yeah. So that became the inspiration layer that legitimized creativity, legitimized individuality, and created a process for how we went about it. And those became chiseled into the fabric of what we do. And that was really important. It was a filter for how we did things. It was a filter for how we behaved. It was a filter for how we thought. It's really interesting that Nick talks about discipline mm. because, you know, you assume that creativity or being creative or having a creative atmosphere means it's just free for all. And actually that point about discipline, I think, is really, really good, is that you actually creatively need a framework. So as a leader, you've got to choose how to create that framework, whether it's a set of values that Nick was talking about yeah. or whether it's just giving people license to play without it becoming chaotic. Yeah. Which is to your point. I think so, because yeah. I think that, that I'm sure it was true in Nick's business, it's certainly true in our business, that we are quite playful. Yes. You know, we can't take ourselves too seriously. However, we have to take ourselves tremendously seriously because we're being asked by clients to look after their businesses, take their businesses onto the next level. Sure. And so you've got to do that with a certain experience, but also with a certain, I'm not going to say the word, but it begins with F. It ends in up and it goes with the word it. You know, you've just got to have a little bit of, you know, Go for it. Let's try it out. Yeah. And you can swear. Okay. Very good. You shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Do you think being a creative leader is hard? I missed up. Being a leader is hard. Um, And um, the first rule of a leader is you've got to have followers. Uh, Otherwise, Mm. you're not a leader. So Mm. to create followers, you have to inspire people Mm. um, and you have to um, be humble. You have to be subservient to the mission. Mm. And the values that I've just set out, if you, the leader, aren't prepared to follow those um, those values and those behaviours, 
then people call you out and you have no followers. So you may as well not be a leader. Yeah. So it's creativity is a subset of leadership. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Um, and, but equally, if you are humble as a leader, and if you have the bravery to turn around and say, guys, I haven't got a Scooby about this one, what do you reckon? Then, and show your vulnerability, they, people follow you. Yeah. And then you learn. And actually, sometimes leadership is best defined as listening, watching, and speaking last. And um, those are the things that create followership. If you create followership, people go with you. And that's the most wonderful thing about leadership, inspiring people to do things better than you can do, mm-hmm. inspiring things to better to do things better than they know how to do. Yeah. And those are the wonderful things about it. But never be afraid to express your vulnerability. Never be afraid to use your eyes, ears, and mouth in the right order. Tim, is it tough? I'm with Nick. I think leadership is hard. Mm. I don't want to be contradictory, but I think... Yeah, I suppose creative leadership is hard. I suppose it depends on... I don't find it particularly hard. Does that mean I think I'm the best than anybody else in the world? No. Am I being smug? Am I being conceited? No. Because I think that it's just something I really enjoy. You know, I, I do genuinely enjoy it. But I think... I suppose the bit I enjoy about it the most, and listen to me, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to win awards tonight. I get more kick out when, when a young person stands in front of a client and says, we think you should do this, and the client goes, that's brilliant. Yeah. And you think, well, hopefully my leadership has been something that has meant that that person had the gumption to want to stand up and talk about their work. Yeah. So I think, so I think going, I'm now going full circle. I suppose it is hard uh, because, of course, I mean, I'll, I'll give a very quick quote. Um, Rodney Fitch, who started Fitch, fantastic guy, um, was once asked, you know, uh, what advice would you give a young person who wants to become a designer? And he said, be a banker. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but if you insist on being a designer, be prepared to put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. And I like that idea about creativity and leadership is, is, is a willingness to put yourself in harm's way, i.e. to look a bit stupid sometimes, to get a client to say maybe rather than no, and hopefully one day say yes. You know, because, because we do things in, a cre- in the creative world. We make creative decisions that some people look at and go, are you mad? Yeah. Well, no. But you'll, you'll suddenly realise this actually was quite a good idea. Yeah, let's make that magic So happen. to answer your question, I suppose I've actually now talked myself into the fact that it is quite hard. <laughs> what would you say, in the creative industries, we talked earlier about the last six months, that we're going through this huge change. What do you think has been the most challenging aspect of your jobs as leaders in the creative industries? As we're working in, in this per, per, uh, perpetual change, what would you say has been quite challenging for you? Um, I've always encouraged our people to, to read the streets, to listen to, to smell the streets, to understand what's happening out there. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest challenge now is there are, quite rightly, so many factors to have to take into consideration now, from equality to diversity, sure. or, I mean, so many things now. And it's not about being constantly worried about getting something wrong, but actually to be creative means you have to be aware of so many other things. We've always had to be aware of things. We've always had to be curious. We've always had to be looking at trends. Um, I was just saying one of the facts that surprised me the most is that 83.4% of the world's population is neither straight, white, or able-bodied. 
that, even just that, is, is, it makes you go, how do I mm. now think about what I am doing, what I'm thinking mm. about? So I think that's one of the things that's become ha- harder, or is becoming harder, which is to help people navigate through where the world is going. But I think, you know, if you are creative, then you hopefully are, you are naturally curious. So you're going to want to be looking out for those signs. You're going to be wanting to be looking out for those trends. So I, I find it quite invigorating. So, so do I. Um, it is hard, um, but the all the new challenges are that Tim's outlined. Uh, I actually think that's that's fun. That's how do we solve for a different set of dynamics? How do we solve for a different set of customer views? How do we solve for a, dis- a different view um, that our people are giving us? And if you forever remain work in progress and therefore open to different points of view. And you stand in the shoes of your customer, you stand in the shoes of your team, and you listen and remain humble and not be afraid to uh, be vulnerable, you tend to get the right answer. And, and if you're then experimental with it too, if you don't get the right answer first time, you go, made a mistake, guys, let's go again. And those are things that we all should do. Life's an experiment, right? Yeah. Um, and so, so is business, so is creativity. You continue to experiment and you find and pan for the gold. And if it doesn't work, go, guys, we tried that one. Best endeavours. This was not work. We're going to try again. How brilliant to hear Nick say that, though. Yeah. I mean, really, how brilliant. There are very few clients that that, that think like that or speak like that. I, I've announced that 2022 is the year of the great experimentation at Landon Fitch. Mm. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting I'm dragging people kicking and screaming, but it is hard to get people who have been delivering on time, on budget, all that kind of stuff, to suddenly relax and go, this isn't perfectly formed. It's actually a bit of a crap idea, but I want to just show it to you. Somebody else sees it and goes, that's brilliant. I can do something with that. We don't experiment enough. Mm. And again, leadership says you have a safe space to do that type of stuff. Mm, that isn't yes. that kind of you know classic Google thing. You've got 10% to work on your own stuff. That's more a case of we've got to now change the culture of our business to be a more experimental. I, I sometimes feel scale is the enemy of experimentation. Because mm. as you start as you start an organisation and it's small, it's all an experiment because you don't know what you don't know. So you give everything a go. And then you start, uh, people start going, you need a process, you need some governance. And unless you're careful, those things start to eat away at the very thing that made you special. You need a business case. Sometimes you can't uh, model a creative solution. It just sometimes it requires seven out of ten. Let's just give that one a go. Yeah. And so it's really interesting fighting against scale and governance to make creativity the thing that's really important, which is the thing that got you to that place. Yeah. And how do you hang on to them as well? Once you've managed to get it into that place, how do you keep consistency and the people that keep it consistent as well? So that's, I try to solve that by making it part of our values um, and being part of our DNA. And therefore those things never change. The strategies will change of how you achieve it. The circumstances and context will change. The application of how we solve a problem may change, mm-hmm. but the very legitimizing creativity is the very reason we've hired you had to be a constant. Yeah. Guys, can I ask you, how do you inspire your team to be inspired beyond work? Nick, you said, we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's that, that time to explore. Um, but outside of the working environment, how do you also encourage your 
team to grow in that aspect. Outside of work. Yeah, because you know that if they're happy with that as well, that's going to be, that's where the magic happens. Yeah, everyone's got to have their, um, their glass um, half full. Um, and um, the, if the glass gets too full, the very last drop um, could create a problem for the individual. So you need to make sure they know how to empty their cup. Mm-hmm. empty their glass mm-hmm. so wellness and well-being is really really important and the biggest challenge i had during that was during covid mm-hmm. when you said the last six months um, um were hard it's actually the last two years yes um that, i felt that was brutal for our people yeah and people who are used to touching products speaking to people shaping campaigns creating content yeah were suddenly in their homes and bedrooms yeah and um, and no connection with what they did and how they did it. Oh. So that was a real worry for me. Mm. Um, you know, and we, we solved it, whether it was effective or not, by creating wellness hours every yeah. day yeah. and every Friday afternoon. Uh, and this was bonkers, but I loved it. At four o'clock, there was a DJ um, just playing music. You clicked onto your Zoom and it was the ASOS DJ playing music. There was 2,000 people logged on nice. just listening to the DJ. Great. And so it was kind of a decompress at the end of the week. Mm. And well, a community. And a community. Yeah. And so there's various things like that. And then as soon as you leave a couple of things like that, people suggest more things. And then you go, cool, let's do that. Yeah. So I felt that I felt that was quite hard. Um, and um, and encouraging people to, um, to recognise wellness as a thing. And... I also think some of the issues that we um, experienced during COVID, yeah. some of those are hidden bruises that we don't yet know. Mm-hmm. And so that will play out very differently. Um, the, the answer to the, um, to the teams when they asked me, I used to talk about um, um, something that was meditation. I used to talk about firing myself and rehiring myself. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting challenge. That's a nice one. Imagine firing yourself on a Monday, on a Friday yeah. afternoon, mm. and then a Monday morning, the person who's going to rehire you is you. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, and I'm that, actually about to do this. I'm about to restart at London Fitch as a junior designer to see go. if I can get promoted. Well, that's a great <laughs> idea. Well, and then the person interviewing you knows all about you. It's all about your exactly. foibles. Exactly. All about when you're a bit lazy on a Monday morning. Yeah. You, what are you going to say to him or her? Yeah. And if you can pass that test, you're ready to go again. Yeah. And there's a bit where you have to shed something too. Because there's many moments where you need to go, I've got to let go of that because that's not making me stronger. Yeah. That's the thing, though, however, that wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning. So I've got to get go, of, uh, let go of that. Now, what have I learned that's going to make me stronger and what do I need to carry forward? And if you do that, it's like metaphorically shedding your skin. Yeah. And it, helps put, it helped me put my thoughts and back Nick, together. Nick makes a great point, obviously, about COVID because, you know, those questions about how do you, you know, you can only throw so much beer and pizza at people to try yeah. and get them to stay. <laughs> Where's your saturation? <laughs> I haven't found mine. Or, you know, we have lots of initiatives. And I, and, I, and I do not wish to run them down. They are great things that we do. We have things like Globetrotters. We allow other stu- people to go cool. to all the studios and all that kind of stuff. To be Wonderful. However, we've just been in COVID. And I'm in the middle of writing an article at the moment on the great hybrid myth that we're all excited about this thing about hybrid working. What we're failing to realise is we've gone through the greatest period of dislocation Mm. ever. And Mm. dislocation hurts. Mm. It was brutal to use an example. It really hurts. Because I never quite know where I'm supposed to be. I know a 23-year-old doesn't know whether they're supposed to be in their bedroom, in the studio. And then when they are in the studio, somebody walks up and says, hey, mate, how are you? And they're like, sorry, I'm just on a call. It's like, oh, sorry. 
So we've got to, I mean, I've realised, again, with the creative culture, we've got to work out how we over, forget hybrid, we've got to overcome dislocation. Yeah, really good point. And, you know, and I think we've also got to realise that people have lacked peripheral vision for two years. They've been tunnelled onto Teams or Zoom. Mm. And actually, creative people love peripheral vision. They sure. love seeing the bits at the side rather than the bit right in front of them. So these are all things that we're looking at them on. So I think that, I think that's all part of the wellness idea as well. It is. Now, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a big proponent of um, some of you um, listeners might not like this. Get back to work. Hmm. Um, because one, it helps me segment um, my life. Um, one, it gives order, structure and discipline to what I do. And I do my best work when I'm with people. Yeah. yeah. And I believe people do their best work when they're stimulated with others. Yeah. Agreed. Now, I recognise flexibility is um, is something we have to be far better at um, because it's not nine till five. I mean, those, no. are, those rules don't apply anymore, mm. in my view. Mm. Principles do. Mm. But I also subscribe to your point. There is a big myth about hybrid. Mm. It might feel comfortable. Um, but actually, if you think about the whole piece, getting back together with your teammates, sharing ideas, mm. sparking off each other, looking at product, looking at idea campaigns, looking at this, you get more from it. Um, and so I'm, I'm a big proponent for people should think about getting back to work and sharing the, um, the each other's creativity. Officers need to change, however. Um, there needs to be more collaboration space and things like that. They're not already. But I'm a big proponent and a big fan of doing that. Yeah. And so what do you look for when you're going to hire your next creative talent? Curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> Second that. <laughs> Curious mind. Seriously, I think, you know. And I how would you find, to push you on that, how would you ask that as a question? How would you pose that? How would you know whether someone... So in my going... industry, of course, with designers, mm -hmm. we are we want to understand whether they are obviously capable in terms of their hard skills, you know, great at Photoshop, but everybody's great at Photoshop. You can learn that online. Yeah. But how do they think? Mm. And their thinking, think how they think is usually informed by the things that they do that are outside of work, going back to what we were saying before. Yeah. And I always look at people's sketchbooks, whether they're a graphic designer or interior designer, because I think that reveals so much about somebody. Mm. Um, but also, I also try to find out, you know, what was the last thing, were, the last exhibition they went to or the last film they watched or mm. whatever, because I think that you can very quickly spot somebody who's got a curious mind. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a question, have you got any questions for us? And some people are like, no, no, it's fine, it's been great. Or some people are like, yes, yeah, so now tell me what, you know, on a Tuesday, what would happen if we did this? You go, love it. That person has obviously got a curious mind. I yeah. agree too. The, um, I found myself falling in love with the CV and then meeting the person and going, oh. And then I found myself going, I'm not going to like this, um, this lady. And then I meet her and go, oh my God, that's brilliant. So I have to force myself <coughs> to actually try and ignore those first impressions and then start to ask the questions to open them up. Mm. I'm far more interested in listening to what they have to say. Mm. An interview should be mm. me listening rather than me telling. Yeah. Um, and um, so it's that's what I try to do, because I, I do have a habit of going, I'm going to love this guy, or I'm going to love this um, lady. And then I'm like, no, stop. Ask her the question, let her speak, and yeah. let me listen. Nice. And I wasn't being facetious. It's just that when I started to hear that question coming out, mm. it's a question that's been I've been asked before. Yeah. As I'm sure you can imagine. And I just think I just I just play a lot of store by curiosity. I think I think that um 
particularly in the world we live in today, yeah. there's so many things to be curious about, not yeah. to be expert about. Mm. I think that's a different thing. I, and the, the other thing for anyone listening, as well as asking a couple of questions, doing a bit of research, mm. um, giving a few opinions too. Now, don't be afraid of giving an opinion. I don't mind whether I disagree with it. Yeah. I, do, I do care about the I have one. and logic about having one. Yeah. So, you know, the if I go to an interview, and I've done a few actually recently, I'll um, I'll go and review the proposition, I'll power shop the site, I'll yep. review the creative content, and I'll have you know half a dozen notes of things that I want to ask or go, this is what I think about this. Have you tried the following? Just those are really easy, basic tips, and lots of people don't do it. Yeah. Don't be afraid of giving an opinion. You don't have to be right, or don't yeah. have to agree with you. It's just the logic about yeah. the opinion that's important. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then just to kind of wrap this up, what does the next 12 months hold for both of you in terms of being at the top of your game, being creative leaders for the future, for future business? What's Uh, next? So for me, um, I need to be constantly mindful of not being the oldest ponytail in the room. As trendy as I like to think I am. <laughs> with my slick new haircut that I got just an hour before this <laughs> I think what I'm saying again without wishing to be facetious is the next 12 months is going to be a fascinating 12 months there's so Isn't much it? going on in the world we've mm. just done a great piece of work and I even got to say it for myself just to help the Ukrainian government sell themselves right helping people understand where we use our talent yeah to actually the maximum effectiveness is actually going to be something I'm going to be thinking about in the next 12 months. When you nice. think about some of those statistics, I've, uh, and yeah, and I'm not going to grow a ponytail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, wouldn't suit you. I like, that. I like the idea of that. <laughs> um, I'll be consistent with what I've said in the past. Um, one day I'll be a great leader and a great CEO. Until that day, I'll keep getting better. Mm. And so that's how I try to set myself up with that because it sets myself up for learning, mm. um, humbleness in whatever the brand I'm working with, mm. and openness to learn. Fantastic. I mean, a brilliant ending note. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, and I also want to put it out to our listeners um, join in the conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on creative leadership. Um, and this isn't the end of the conversation, this will be um, further a series and, and further conversations. So thank you so much for joining us. This thank has you, been Abby. fabulous. Thank you, um, amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much for your opinions. They really, really are beautiful. Phenomenal. Thank you.